It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Monday, August 19th from uh, North Carolina this time. That's right, still on vacation. Uh, still missing LA Galaxy home games, but did get to watch all of the Seattle game on TV late into the wee hours of the morning here on the East Coast. Uh, also flew myself in a, a different microphone, so hopefully I don't sound so NPR-ish this time. Uh, but uh, I'm at my mother-in-law's house. She has a wonderful craft room that she has lent to me for this particular recording, and I'm glad that I can talk a little bit of LA Galaxy soccer with you. As the LA Galaxy uh, get done with the Seattle game, then look ahead to League's Cup, and then, of course, enter Rivalry Week as the LA Galaxy will be off to play LAFC uh, over the weekend, a, a big game on Sunday on the 25th that uh, the Galaxy will have to navigate as well. Um, so lots of stuff that we need to talk about in order to get you ready for that game. Uh, I'll do my best to give you all the highlights that I saw, certainly the big takeaways from Seattle. Um, let's start with the Seattle game. Obviously a 2-2 draw uh, against Seattle. Now, they're good. There, there are some positive things that came out of this game. Um, there are some crazy, wacky things that came out of this game, and and I think it's best if we don't put those within the same um, same side of things here. Um, it's a disappointing result, and I and I understand why that's disappointing. And most of the time, you say you play a man down for eighty five minutes, uh, that it's not going to be disappointing. That you know that any sort of result you get is a good thing. Um, but the Galaxy were a better team here. The, the big picture takeaway for me now is, for the LA Galaxy team, is that in my mind, uh, very easily, the LA Galaxy are one of the better teams in Major League Soccer since the addition of Christian Pavone. Uh, that seems to be more than obvious to me, um, and I think it's more than obvious to everybody around the league as well. Uh, I'll tell you another thing that's very crystal clear in my mind from watching that game. Seattle are not a playoff team this year, which is crazy to think about. Um, but the Seattle Sounders are not a playoff team unless they change some things around because they look listless, they look lifeless, they look toothless. Um, they were all the lists that you can possibly put together. Seattle was not dangerous, and that's why if we look at the result and say, hey, it was 2-2, you played down a man for 85 minutes, you should probably take a positive spin on that. You should. You should take a positive spin, but here's what you should take the positive spin off of. The fact the Galaxy dominated with 10 men out there. If it was 11 v. 11, the Galaxy probably win that game 5-1 to um, in some of those cases. If this is an 11 v. 11 game, uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic probably gets more than two goals. If this is an 11 v. 11 game, Christian Pavone probably gets on the scoreboard for the first time. All these things are 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 pretty crystal clear in my mind when you watch this game. Um, but it, it's something that you still have to sit there and sort of try to reconcile in your head the fact that with 10 men, uh, the Galaxy were able to fight down from being down one nothing um, and end up you know leading that game late into the game into that 82nd you know minute or so. Um, two to one, thanks to Zlatan Ibrahimovic actually getting some penalty calls, which was crazy. Uh, let's go over it. Zlatan gets his 19th and 20th goals of the season. He's now within four goals of Carlos Ruiz's LA Galaxy single season record. Uh, Ruiz played in 26 games during his record uh, breaking uh, attempt with the 24 goals, um, and he averaged one goal every 99 minutes. So, so far, Ibrahimovic has played in 21 games scored 20 goals and averaged one goal every 95 minutes or 
Um, you know, one goal every point nine five uh, every. Uh, let's see, it's point nine five goals per game. He's almost at ninety five percent. You know, in terms of a, a full game, so he scores on average point nine five goals per game. It's getting to be where now he has what? Uh, let's see, we have six, and then we have four, and we have six more games left uh, in this season. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic is is right on the precipice of being that guy who is going to be able to now be the single-season goal-scoring leader for the LA Galaxy. I mean, I think it's well within his right that he should finish this closer to 30 than he does to 24. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic is is doing those things in these games. And and this is a game, by the way, um, and I think I'm part of this, so I'll I'll cop to my, you know, inclusion in this. But the LA Galaxy put out a pretty... Uh, not, not, it wasn't really a social media campaign. Brendan Hannon was out there, certainly bringing attention to the fact that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is one of the least foul players and strikers in Major League Soccer. Uh, that's the truth. And if you watch this game, I could have called seven or eight fouls that were against Zlatan Ibrahimovic in this game. He ends up getting two or three that were truly deserved. Um, and the penalty kick that he certainly uh, drew with uh, with Kim Kihi, just just two arms around him. I am I'm in shock at how sometimes people view these things when Zlatan Ibrahimovic is involved. Um, you know, you see the league and they put out the instant replay and it's something I, I really do enjoy because I think that there's a lot of fun to look at that. But the fact that anybody could look at that second ball, there's only one person in this world probably that thinks that that call is is Zlatan making a meal of anything um, because uh, Kihi was, had his arms wrapped around Zlatan the entire night. So it wasn't just one play. It's a conglomeration of an entire thing. Um, it's an easy foul. It's the easiest foul they probably called. It's, it's a lot easier to call than the red card that goes to Dan Stairs. And yes, Dan, that is a red card. But it is a lot closer than people want to give it. Uh, I think that, you know, Robert Zabiga gave the red card immediately and that sort of, you know, negated any interest whatsoever. Um, but Rui Diaz had a hold of Dan Steris and pulls him down on top of him as Dan Steris has a hold of him. Uh, I also think the distance factor is something that you really have to look at in, in denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, that's one of the key elements is how close are you to goal when this happens. And the fact is they're about five steps inside the, in the, front, side the front half. So yes, it's a red card, but it's not as clear-cut as everybody is making it. Um, and Dan Stairs gets wrong-sided. He didn't argue, walked off the field. Um, and then the LA Galaxy went to work. I mean, really, you want to talk about guys who played well in this game. We talked about Ibrahimovic and what he was able to do already. Let's talk about somebody like Jonathan Dos Santos, who just worked harder than everybody else on that field. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos is the reason the LA Galaxy are in a position to win this game 2-1. to one. Uh, you got to talk about a guy like Christian Pavone. I, I, you know, Zlatan said it, and I sort of said, oh, Zlatan said this, so let's take it with a grain of salt, everybody. Let's let's calm down just a little bit and say, let's not go crazy with anything that Zlatan says. Um, but Zlatan said that, you know, Christian Pavon won't be here long in Major League Soccer. I, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Team Zlatan on this one now. Uh, watching Christian Pavon play and understanding the difference in skill between him and everybody else around him. Um, is crazy. There's articles out right now, you know, saying that, that the addition of Christian Pavon might indeed keep Zlatan Ibrahimovic on the LA Galaxy next year. And, and there's certainly someone like me who is fully convinced that Zlatan might not be here next year. One, because I don't know if he exactly fits the way that Gabriel Baruch Galoto and Dennis Closa really want to put the team together. He doesn't fit into the 4-3-3. All of that stuff, you know, sort of withholding. 
I could see Zlatan coming back for another season, especially if he sets the single-season uh, goal-scoring record for the LA Galaxy, you know, and passes the, the Carlos Ruiz the fish himself. You know, you're seeing a legend play, and the Galaxy with Pavone are scoring more goals, and you're seeing that the addition of Pavone means more goals for Zlatan, and yes, Zlatan can do it, but he scored two goals against Dallas, two goals against Seattle. He had four, four goals during the week. He was named, and I voted for him, as MLS Player of the Week. Uh, he he won that award hands down easy and and you know there's still people who roll their eyes and and those people should not listen to this podcast um, you know those people probably shouldn't watch soccer if they can tell me that there was something else that you saw on Major League Soccer of a guy who dominated two games as much as Zlatan Ibrahimovic did so anyway um, you you look at those players Jonathan dos Santos Christian Pavone. Um, I thought it was really interesting just to see the red card comes in and, and seeing Antuna come back and play at the right back and seeing Rolf Felcher move into the center back role. Uh, Larry tells me that Felcher has played that center back role before as well. So um, that was really interesting to sort of see the 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 waterfall effect of those things that came through. Um, here's the thing, and GBS gets this all right, and I'm probably wrong, uh, but I put out a tweet and I said, you know, if you're going to have to bring in Giancarlo Gonzalez, and I really felt like you needed to, um, you needed another center back presence that was going to uh, be a little bit stronger back there. In my mind, you have the perfect setup to play three in the back if you wanted to. Um, you know, Giancarlo Gonzalez ends up coming off and Fabio Alvarez ends up having, or Gonzalez comes on and Fabio Alvarez comes off. And in my mind, that kills your offense so much. Fabio Alvarez and Christian Pavone, uh, along with combinations Zlatan Ibrahimovic, were the reason they were so dominant against Dallas. Dallas is a better team than Seattle right now. You can't tell me any different. Um, but the Galaxy dominated Dallas. Uh, you, you look at what they were able to do against Seattle without Fabio Alvarez, and if Fabio Alvarez is in there, the LA Galaxy are, are a much better team, and, and they score again, you know, three, four, five goals in that game. So in my mind... If I'm GBS and I wanted to do and take a little risk, and maybe the risk isn't the right thing to do. Maybe playing the way he did was the correct thing, but he puts Gonzalez back in there, it moves Felcher back out to the right, and basically you're playing without Fabio Alvarez. And if you're thinking of all the positions that really you could probably eliminate and, and not hurt your overall setup and formation, Fabio Alvarez is one of those guys that you might do it. But you could have played three in the back because technically you'd have three center backs playing back there. Shelvick played center back. We have all seen it. Uh, Polenta plays center back, and Gonzalez plays center back. You could have had a three-man back line with three center backs and just asked you know, your, your, your midfielders to tuck in a little bit um, and, and to help out. It, you're still going to be missing, you know, you're, you're basically absorbing Dan Steris's absence within those three center backs. So you still have a full complement of everything going up forward up front. Um, in my mind, it would have been a, I think, a fun gamble to take in this particular case, because let's be honest, at the time you're re ready to make that substitution, you're kind of rolling the dice. I mean, nobody can really sit there and, and argue that the LA Galaxy are going to win that game at that point. Um, now, certainly, them scoring the two goals, coming back, leading that game in 2-1 is, is a little bit surprising just in terms of how uh, toothless Seattle was in, in, in overall in their performance. I certainly see that. Um, and I think that's surprising to everybody whenever you look at it. But whenever you whenever you stop and think about what the LA Galaxy could have done with the three man back line, absorb the loss of Dan Steris there, um, you know, still played with sort of a three four um, or a three two, 
uh, 3-1, I think, in terms of that with Fabio Alvaro still in there and asking Jonathan Dos Santos and um, Sebastian Legette to play defense on the backside and, and to cover that, which is what they ended up doing anyway, um, isn't a bad way to go. So I think GBS could have gambled a little more than he actually did. He, I think he still got it right in this. Um, but in my mind, uh, that was something I, I, I might have tried because I didn't want to see Fabio Alvarez get taken off the field with the success that he's had lately. All right, um, another guy we have to look at, um, and, and it's a guy who gets a lot of crap, and, and certainly you've heard me defend him before, but I thought David Bingham played outside of one play, and, and I will put some of this on David Bingham. I'm, I, I watched the replay a bunch of times. Um, but outside of that, he made three or four you know, great saves. Uh, if you want to talk about man of the match outside of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, probably David Bingham, and that's tough to say, understanding that I think there was still a mistake made. Um, on the own goal that ends up, you know, giving Seattle the draw. Um, but that being said, I thought David Bingham made some saves that were outstanding. Uh, he was screened on some shots, pushed some shots around. Um, yeah, he gave up a couple big rebounds again, but, you know, the Galaxy were really under siege um, for some of this time. Um, not as much as they probably should have been, as, as Seattle didn't really press that hard and certainly didn't look like they knew how to press. Brian Schmetzer seemed like he was just scratching his head most of the time. To get, uh, Seattle sort of refused to press into a shorthanded team, which makes no sense at all to me. Um, you know, put pressure on it. You have a man advantage. You should be able to use that. Um, so, um, you know, in, in my mind, I, I thought David Bingham played great. Um, I thought David Bingham did almost everything he possibly could to make sure that it, uh, they, that the LA Galaxy could, could survive this and, and come out with at least a point and, and possibly even three points. All of that stuff, you know, was great outside of his decision. Now, I think the decision to come out wasn't a horrible one. I don't hate it, um, but you have to get to the right spot if you're going to do it. And the problem is that when the ball gets comes over the top, and I believe it's Rui Diaz who's chasing the ball, and, and, and you have Shelvick turned and facing his own goal there, um, you know, Bingham needs to set himself up to be able to head this ball correctly. And if you watch, they showed an angle from the backside. Um, ESPN did, and they showed an angle from the backside. And what happened is the ball is slicing. All right, so the ball isn't just simply headed right at David Bingham. It's actually slicing across his body. And you see at the last second, David Bingham, instead of launching himself straight at the ball, um, sort of knocking it back from where it came from, uh, he has to dive a little bit to his left as the ball goes. It's sort of a little bit of a last-minute sort of thing that he has to move left in order to do it, and he ends up heading that ball right at Jorgen Shelvick. Now, that's not Shelvick's fault. Shelvick's chasing the play as he should, and he has to chase Rui Diaz, and he has to do all of those things, okay? But if you're Bingham, you have to get to that ball as well, and you have to win it, you have to win it cleanly, and I don't think you want it cleanly. Um, you know, it, it sort of skims off the side as he's moving to his left. The ball is actually moving across his body, and instead of, again, facing and sort of squaring up from where it's coming from and being able to hit it back, it skids a little bit and gets across Bingham, and Bingham actually has to move his head to the left in order to still track the ball. So he's no longer centered over his body, and when he heads it, he heads it right at Shelvick because he doesn't have control of it because he knows and he can see that Shelvick's coming that direction as well. Um, but overall, it's just the fact that he wasn't able to track that ball as well as he should have, um, and that ball comes across his forehead, and he ends up hitting it, and it runs off of Shelvick. Um, somebody tweeted, and I don't remember who it was, they're like, you know, this is the perfect example of why people hate Jorgen Shelvick. He goes, it's not his fault, um, but we're still going to blame him anyway, and, and many things have been Jorgen Shelvick's fault over the season. This wasn't one of them. Um, 
But it just sort of sh- goes to show you how the LA Galaxy have been playing and, and sort of a little bit unlucky. This is the most unlucky good team I've watched play. And you can see it with the eye test. This LA Galaxy team is different since Pavon came on. They have a different confidence, a different demeanor. Um, you know, it seems very likely to me that the LA Galaxy will, um, I think, outside of this Sunday, comfortably make it into the playoffs. Um, you know, that's that's a lot to say because the unluckiness could sort of carry through. But this team is too good to, to miss the playoffs. I, I don't think, and I said it on my last podcast, if you got it, um, and, and you were like, God, Josh sounds so tired, or, or at least sounds so soft. Again, I was in a hotel room. My wife was in the, in the next room. Um, hopefully, I'm a little louder this time. But no, if you if you saw you know sort of what the the LA Galaxy and and what they need to do in order to get into these playoffs, um, it's not win out. They never needed to win out. Um, you saw what happened. The the exact thing that I said was going to happen is that the Western Conference is going going to continue to beat up on itself over and over and over again. And you're going to have some teams win and some teams lose, which means that if you have a team that wants to win a whole bunch of games and string them together, you're going to rocket up those Western Conference standings because everybody else sort of win one, lose one, win one, lose one, sort of what the LA Galaxy have been going through. Um, so the point was enough. Uh, that put, keeps them in third place in the Western Conference. It doesn't you know, suddenly break that gap wide open. And certainly the additional two points, I think, would have moved them into second place. And that would have been great as well. But uh, again... It, this is not dire straits. The Galaxy need to tread water these last, you know, six games that the, that are that are now coming up, um, or six or eight games. I think there's eight games. Eight games coming up. They need to tread water. They need to win the games they can win. They need to try to draw the games that are that are the tighter ones that could be losses. Um, the game coming up against LAFC on the weekend is certainly one of those that a point looks very very good for the LA Galaxy in terms of their progression. Um, and then it's just going to be a matter of outlasting everybody. I think the Galaxy did that in the Seattle game. Um, and and in my mind, they sort of outlasted them a little bit. I thought that it wasn't you know overall it's a great game. It, it, it provides all the momentum. Everything you needed for the LA Galaxy except for the three whole points. And if they could have gotten the three whole points, I don't know what the momentum would have done possibly for this weekend. But you know that Steris now will miss the LAFC game. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, who got uh, red carded in the LAFC game, I think it was two yellow cards. Um, but uh, Walker Zimmerman will miss his midweek game. Remember, LAFC plays midweek um, at home. Uh, I don't remember who they play, but they play midweek at home and then they will play the LA Galaxy on Sunday. So just sort of keep that in mind. LA Galaxy, of course, play on Tuesday, so an extra day of rest for the Galaxy. Um, let's see what else. I, I sort of talked about it, that Zlatan being fouled multiple times and, and the fact that you know the LA Galaxy made it very clear that Zlatan wasn't getting calls, and I agree with that 100%. He doesn't get calls. Um, you saw that. So you know, in this game, I thought it was an okay job. It wasn't perfect, though. Um, this was a this was a referee who allowed people to be physical on Zlatan Ibrahimovic. In fact, the penalty kick that he ends up winning, there's a foul on the initial ball in, and usually there's a foul on the initial ball in. David Bingham kicking from the back line, looking for Zlatan Ibrahimovic on goal kicks. Zlatan goes up, and there's usually people draped all over Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and it's never a foul. Um, and in this case, I guess it's lucky it's not a foul because the Galaxy go down, and then Zlatan gets fouled inside the box off of those plays. So. That's something, again, I think you're going to keep an eye on. I think the Galaxy did a 
a PR job of raising awareness of it. And now everybody is very aware of the fact that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is not getting the same amount of calls as everybody else. And it's by a large margin. Um, it's not even close. The least fouled uh, you know, striker in Major League Soccer with the amount of minutes in the games that he's played. Uh, referees seem to swallow the whistle because Laton's bigger than everybody else. But as we saw in a game, uh, you know, against uh, against DC United, um, we saw that you were able to spear Zlatan in the ribs, and it's not a foul. Um, you don't have to go for the ball at all, as long as you know. That's really what happened in this game. Finally, is Robert Zabiga caught people not playing the ball at all and just playing Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And when they did that, he blew the whistle. He didn't blow it all the time. He only blew it about 50% of the time. But I think you're going to continue to see that as a trend. Meanwhile, if you go watch, and uh, and certainly one of the replays that they showed was Carlos Vela being fouled inside the box. Now. Um, Vela initiates the contact. Vela causes the contact. Vela then falls over onto a player um, who's coming from behind him, and there was never any question about it. As a matter of fact, the player got a red card for a do- dog so. They, they treat those two superstars differently, um, and it's it's very clear. Carlos Vela is one of the most fouled uh, players in Major League Soccer, uh, and you look at Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who is just a bigger, more physical specimen, and they play differently too, let's be honest. I mean, Vela invites you in to foul him and all that stuff. You're going to see it in this LA Galaxy game again whenever they play on Sunday, is the Galaxy will be fouling, fouling, fouling LAFC all the time, and it's because LAFC invites those fouls in. They're one of the most fouled teams in Major League Soccer, and they get the calls all the time as well. The LA Galaxy are dead last in fouls uh, suffered um, and don't get the calls all the time. So, again, just something I saw a little sea change in terms of what you were seeing the officials calling and how it was being officiated um, you know, in this particular game. So that was that was another positive thing, I think, for the Galaxy and, and going forward. Uh, in my mind in this game, in this Seattle game, I would have liked to see Joe Corona come in earlier. Um, I, I, I think that Joe Corona could have provided maybe a little bit more in the central midfield. Um, I think that he is a good addition to this team. I think if he's healthy, uh, you're going to see him play against LAFC. So, um, But Sebastian Lejet, I don't know... I don't know what's been going on throughout this whole year, and, and maybe it's just trying to fit into a system, and maybe it's just not feeling 100% from the um, from all the injuries that you've had and, and all these different things. But when I look at it, and you look at Sebastian Legette, he has had two of his best games for the LA Galaxy in 2019 in the last two games uh, against FC Dallas and against Seattle. And against Seattle, he was superb. That cross he puts into Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a cross that is there all day, every day, all the time. First-time crosses put into the box in a driven manner for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Nobody can cover him. All right, by the way, Zlatan was fouled on that play as well. He still put it in the back of the net. All right, um, those are things that need to happen. The, the LA Galaxy are, are, are what they are, and there's nothing. There's no arguing about it anymore. Feed the lion. Feed Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Feed him as much as you can. And Christian Pavone... He's going to be in there, and he's going to get some goals as well. Fabio Alvarez, I think, has two or three more goals uh, before we get to the playoffs as well. So if you're looking at those guys and what they're able to do, um, the offense runs through Zlatan, that's fine because it can be a creative, quick, energetic offense through Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It's not just crosses with no target. It's crosses to Zlatan and let people finish off of that because the, the LA Galaxy in these last two games have been a different team. 
They've turned a corner here. They are now one of the most dangerous teams in Major League Soccer. They always were, but you didn't know who was going to show up. I think these last two games have sort of showed a little bit that the LA Galaxy could very well have already turned into this Goliath that you sort of expected them to be. Um, and if they're getting hot the right time, which it feels like they're sort of building towards that, then there's absolutely nothing to stop them from winning NMLS Cup. There's nothing to stop them. Not the defense, which is one of the top 10 defenses in Major League Soccer, despite the fact that everybody wants to say that they're horrible and they're the problem. They're not the problem. Um, and with Christian Pavone, they're now one of the top offenses. Uh, you get Roman Alessandrini back onto that field, and you have Pavone on one side and Alessandrini on the other side. Um, so let's see what we can, let's sort of see what we can do um, in terms of how they go with that stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, just sort of interesting to see how the Galaxy can put all that stuff together um, and, and continue this momentum. And, and, you know, I like the saying, so I'll keep saying it. And then you can say it and we can all say, hey, momentum for this team doesn't matter. It seems to not matter. Um, but something different's happening. Uh, there's a spark. There's a twinkle. There's whatever you want to call it. There's something going on with the LA Galaxy right now um, that we have not seen, certainly since Bruce Arena left. Um, we're seeing a confidence build that is a deep, withheld confidence, and I think the result, even though it's 2-2 in the Seattle game, even though they only got a single point out of it, I think the result in this game mattered more to them than they're ever going to let you see. Zlatan Ibrahimovic was complimentary after the game. Um, he was talking about a whole bunch of things in terms of you know what he thought about this game, and there were not negatives to be spoken of. Uh, he talked about the fight the LA Galaxy put in. He talked about the determination. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is the real deal now. Uh, in terms of what the Galaxy are and when they're shaping up. I think uh, the hammer would say, uh, don't peak too soon. Well, if the LA Galaxy are working towards that peak, they're peaking at the right time. And whether or not that comes against LAFC, I, I don't think, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think the LAFC game matters. Okay, I don't think it matters. It, it's big in terms of rivalry. It's big in terms of Los Angeles. You should get hyped for it. You should get excited for it. All of those things should happen. But it does. It, I do not think it's going to matter in terms of what the result of this season is. All right. And as a matter of fact, I think LAFC beating everybody outside of the Galaxy is a great thing for the Galaxy right now. All right. Let them go through, run through the Western Conference and beat everybody they can. Uh, because if this comes down to a playoff game between LAFC and LA Galaxy, uh, I'm telling that mental softness that LAFC has continued to show against the LA Galaxy is going to come back to hurt them. All right. There was a team, one of my favorite teams, the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, who ran rampant through the uh, through the entire league? I think it was in 2012. Um, ran rampant through the entire league. You know, had I think that was the you know Goonies never say die, and they wrote a perfectly good movie for me. Um, but you look at that team and what they were able to accomplish in the regular season, and what happened to them in the playoffs. All right, and it's the, it was the mental softness that they had. They looked tough because they were able to come back in games, but you knew that there was something there that was missing. And the LA Galaxy went up there and in playoff games and they smacked them across the face. All right. And that's what is set, being set up right now in this postseason between the LA Galaxy and LAFC. And it's because of this game against Seattle. I'm telling you right now. Um, it's, again, I'll play the sort of the, the guy who everybody hates at parties, which is, well, if I would have told you at the, you know, after, uh, after playing for, for down a man for 85 minutes that you were going to get a draw, you would have taken it every single time. It's true you would have, but it, it, the result doesn't matter as much as the play on the field in this case. All right, look at what happened on the field. Look at how the Galaxy fought. Look at how they played. They got unlucky, and that cost them two points. That's okay. I'll take the unlucky part of that. 
right? And you should take the unlucky part of that because the LA Galaxy are a better team right now, all right? They are a better team right now than they have been in three or four years. Um, so trying to find the LA Galaxy and, and what they're going to look like down the stretch of the last eight games uh, is, is, is I, I think you're trending in the positive. I, I really do. I think the Galaxy get into the playoffs. I think they even have a first-round game at home. I feel positive enough in that. I know there's some road games, but this team seems like they're, they're sort of sharpened. They're ready. They're focused, and they understand what they have to do, and the Galaxy are getting deeper. As guys are getting healthy, you bring Ramon Alessandrini back in, and now you have a, an offense for the LA Galaxy that's able to bring in a guy off the bench like Uriel Antuna, and you can see what the difference that made against FC Dallas. These things matter right now. This result matters, and don't throw it out. It's not bad news for you. It's good news for the LA Galaxy. It wasn't perfect. Nothing is, but the Galaxy are learning how to win as a team, and that, in my mind, is a win as a team. Going in and battling like that and understanding where they were. Heads weren't down. They understood that there was two points lost. Nobody's panicking. Everybody now focused on the next game. And really, that next game is League's Cup coming up on Tuesday, and I have no idea what to make of this. I'll be honest with you. Uh, they sent out a revised roster. Um, they sent out a revised roster that now includes uh, the LA Galaxy, uh, that now includes Christian Pavon and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I don't know what to make of that. Here's the thing. We all know that LAFC has to play a game on Wednesday. Everybody's very well aware of that. The LA Galaxy have to play Cruz Azul on Tuesday. Everybody's very well aware of that. The LA Galaxy have played, you know, three games in seven days. Everybody knows that happened. It seems likely the Galaxy go back to a reserve heavy roster against Cruz Azul, and maybe you have Zlatan on the bench, and maybe you have, you know, Christian Pavone on the bench, and maybe in the second half you give those guys 20 or 30 minutes. But in my mind, it's just, it, it's not something that the Galaxy need to focus on, and it's a distraction in most ways. So play the reserve lineup. Now, here's the thing. You could get a guy like Dan Starrs who starts in this game because Starrs isn't going to play over the weekend. So why not let him helm this? Now, he could helm it next to Dave Romney, which would be a great pairing as well. But Romney might also get a start coming up on Sunday. But you could probably start him in both of those games if you want. Because in my mind, as we're looking a little bit forward to Sunday, is you want to do a lot of what you did against LAFC um, at Dignity Health Sports Park. And that means moving Diego Polenta back out to the left-back position. Uh, and, and in order to do that, you have, still have to have a center back next to uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez. And in my mind, if you are gonna, re- if you want to move Polenta out to that left-back position, you don't want to have Shelvick in there, then you move him out to that left-back position and you put Dave Romney in there for Dan Starris. Because um, Starris ain't playing because he's suspended. So if you're just taking a, you know, a brief glance and a look forward at that, that's, that's one of those things that I might take a look at. So uh, again, be happy with the draw. Be content with the way that I, your team is playing right now and understand that the confidence they're building right now through this game is an important confidence to have. Uh, it's a very important confidence to have. Now, as it goes for the LA Galaxy, just looking at some quick stats that I was able to write down and take a look at and sort of you know be like, oh, this is at least... Um, a, a little bit interesting and, and something that I thought maybe you might like. Um, 
is just looking at the designated players uh, and, and how many how many available minutes they've actually played right now. Uh, Zlatan and JD, uh, Jonathan Del Santos have, have both played in over 80% of the available DP minutes that they have. Uh, Roman Alessandrini has only played in 12%, so he really hurts the average. But when you look at it, the total average of all available DP minutes and people playing in that is just a little bit below 60%. So you're still missing 40% of the available DP minutes to a DP that did not get to play with Roman Alessandrini. So seeing him come back um, and be effective for the LA Galaxy opens up another level to this team that should make them, I would guess, one of the favorites to win MLS Cup if they can put it all together um, and if they can play well together. Sometimes bringing a guy in who hasn't played that much like uh, Alessandrini throughout the season can be a detriment to the season, can actually hurt you, that there's no familiarity there. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case whenever you're talking about Roman Alessandrini. He adds another uh, level and a, and a different depth to that. But I did find an interesting sort of uh, stat here. And if you take the number of games that each of these guys have played and you divide it by their salary, you get the, you know, the the cost per game. And that cost changes as you play more games. Your your contract is divided into more slices, right? So as you go through that, you can sort of see that. Well, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, having played in 21 games, is making $342,857 per game. So $342,857 per game. Roman Alessandrini with his, uh, let's see, five games I think he played in, um, with his five games played in, is making 399880 per game. Um, so again, salary divided by the number of games they play. So as they each play more, then that number gets chopped into a different slice, and that's how it goes. So whenever Zlatan plays against LAFC coming up this weekend, then you will then see his salary number drop again by a little bit. With Roman not playing, um, that means his salary number doesn't drop. So as of right now, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is costing you less per game than Roman Alessandrini, which I thought was just one of those crazy things. Uh, the LA Galaxy also have 28 points from 14 games at home. That's the same number of points they had from home games last year. The Galaxy now have three more home games to improve on that. So they have the same number of points uh, that they got all last year at home was 28. And the Galaxy, with three games left, have 28 points and a chance to better that. Um, they have a little bit less uh, of a winning percentage there on the road. Um, there's still a lot of work to do on the road. So the Galaxy still have a bunch of road games to play in. He would expect that a couple wins on that really could improve that outlook as well. But we're starting to get to, get to the point where we're seeing that, yes, this team looks like they're an improvement on last year's team, and the numbers are starting to sort of prove that out. They proved it out a whole bunch at the beginning, but as you get closer to the season, the Galaxy really have pulled back. So we're, we're seeing that, yes, this team is better than last year, and while it fits our eye test, and we sit there and say, okay, my eye test is telling me this is a much better team. Um, my eye test is telling me that this team is, is so much better than last year. The bottom line is the last year's team scored a lot of goals and did win some games. They missed the playoffs by one game by one game, getting knocked out by Houston Dynamo. And we've already talked, the last game of the season is in Houston. Um, so, you know, that whole thing could could play out again um, as we look towards the end of it. But anyway, I thought that was interesting to sort of quantify all of those different things for the LA Galaxy um, and what they're doing and, and sort of how that affects things. All right, finally, uh, before we get done here completely, I wanted to make sure that y'all knew uh, the League's Cup coming up against Cruz Azul. Uh, a game that, again, I, I don't know exactly how to feel about. Uh, I said with Zlatan and, and Pavon, it just doesn't feel like the Galaxy are going to play those guys, even though they're added to the roster. It just seems like not a PR stunt, but, you know, that uh, that could be something that uh, that y you're not going to see them start. It just doesn't feel that way, and, and that that's how I feel at least about it. 
Um, that game kicks off at 7.30 p.m. I believe all of the uh, League's Cup games are on ESPN+. Plus. I don't think this one is nationally televised. I've been looking, and nobody seems to want to tell me. Um, but look at ESPN+, Plus, and I'm sure the LA Galaxy will put out where it will be televised if it is. But ESPN+, Plus should have all these games, so you should be able to watch that. And it will not be blacked out in your, in your city um, here in, in, in Southern California if you are, um, if it's not nationally televised, if it ends up being nationally televised on ESPN or, or ESPN two, um, then you could find some sort of blackout situation on ESPN plus. But again, ESPN plus should carry all of those games. So make sure you watch that. And then the LA galaxy, of course, come up this weekend and we'll play at bank of California stadium on Sunday, August 25th, uh, El Trafico version, what? Four five point oh now, um, so five point oh on this version. The fifth time, uh, LAFC looking for its first win in the series. That game broadcast on Fox Sports One, seven thirty p.m. kickoff time on a Sunday. Gee, thanks guys. Uh, I should be able to make it for that game. I will be back in Southern California. Um, we actually should have a Thursday night show for you, which sounds crazy because it is crazy because I'm supposed to be flying back from the East Coast Thursday morning. Um, so the Hammer and I right now tentatively are prepared to give you a show on. Thursday. Uh, we'll see if we can make that happen. Uh, and that's right as I'm getting ready to move as well. So yeah, it'll be lots of fun. I'm sure my wife will love me um, being pregnant and I'll just make her move by herself. That sounds like a great idea. All right. Um, I think that about does it for me tonight. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of our articles, our game previews, our game recaps, our podcasts, our merchandise, all that stuff can be find, found right there on cornerofthegalaxy.com. And, of course, we always appreciate your support. Should be back to an almost normal schedule as we go on Thursday. Um, hopefully this one sounded a little less NPR-ish, um, although I, I think some of you were, were texting me asking me where that ASMR version was of, uh, of the Corner of the Galaxy. Maybe we could just have, like, you know, Zlatan scoring goals in the background and just hearing the crowd go. That'll be... LA Galaxy ASMR um, but in this particular case uh, hopefully everything will be back to normal back to schedule so I hope you enjoyed this podcast I know it's a little bit shorter than it normally is but I'm on vacation so at least I just stopped for a little bit uh, and I can get back to it without uh, probably getting killed uh, so that does it good luck uh, to all the fans headed out to League's Cup on Tuesday we'll have a show on Thursday night to get you ready for Sunday so a regular schedule coming back uh, where we'll talk about League's Cup and of course get you ready for the big El Trafico coming up on Sunday at 7.30 p.m. All right, uh, that about does it. I'm Josh Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. And wait, just wait one second. Want to wish a very happy birthday to Mr. Larry Morgan, 67 years old, 67 years young, uh, still out there just working his butt off for everybody. So make sure you uh, thank Larry Morgan not on Twitter. And if you thank him on Twitter, he still sees it. It's this crazy thing. I think he's got a burner account somewhere in there. We'll figure it out. All right. Uh, let's see. That does it for me. I'm Josh Guessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. 
Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.